I love when the Freakazoid robots come Uh, to the dance floor. First album I ever bought. It's the best moment. Okay, who sang Freakazoid Robots? I don't even know what that is. Midnight Star, 1983. Bam. Wow. We need to do a musical quiz with Mm. Pastor Matt. Freakazoid Robots. Report to the dance floor. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Keene. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm joined by a new guest today. Let's give it up to Tim. What's up, everybody? Glad to be here. Yeah, you got to do good so you don't get fired. That'd be awful. Your first show, terminated. Lots of pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's also Pastor Matt's assistant, so Mm -hmm. his life is just pressure. Uh, Double pressure. Actually, I call you stagehand. Stagehand Tim. Very handy on the stage. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and we're here with the PMB. Yes. Rap artist. <laughs> Enthusiast. Your beard is looking really nice these days. Yeah, my wife's not complaining. That's what's cool. So she hasn't Fantastic. said anything in a while. I feel like you're a beard mentor for me. Mm. I look up to you in many ways. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. So it's weird. So now when I shower or wash my face, I have to also dry my face, like really dry it. So it's weird. It's like oh. a sponge. Hmm. I will never experience that, thankfully. Yeah. So I think Tyler appreciates that. Yeah. 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 I think we, I think we both landed Beards on are beautiful on men. Roles. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He has a beard. Love it. Don't mm. need one. Don't want one. That's my favorite line in Lord of the Rings. Is it true that dwarves do not have wives? No, we do. But people don't recognize them. And Aragon the king goes, it's the beards. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great line. Oh, well, we Maybe are. I've watched that a little too much. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's just, okay. I'm going to move on. That got, mm. it got wound. Well, here at the debrief, every week, Pastor Matt gives us real answers to your tough questions from the Bible. So we are here every week. We also have a YouTube channel that we launched a couple weeks ago, which you can now find at youtube.com slash the debrief show. We would love to have you find us on there. You can watch every recording of the show and see the magic happening here in person. It's always a great time. So we'd love to have you check us out on YouTube. So we're pretty excited about that. And we're going to go ahead and dive on in. We've actually got a couple of questions from Pastor Matt Utah on the story of Jacob and Esau mm. this weekend. And we've actually got a couple of questions that have come in on that. Wait, we have questions about the Bible? We have questions about the Bible. Oh so my gosh. we've got Samuel's some tough questions. Growing up. I know we've got two tough questions about the Bible here Whoa. for you to answer. Yes. So the first one comes from Derek and he says, you said in your sermon this weekend that Jacob's name means deceiver, but I understand it to mean replacement or supplanter. I understand the deceptive way in which Jacob went about receiving his father's blessing, but he went on to father the nation of Israel and even have his name changed to Israel. Mm. In your sermon, it felt like Jacob was a scoundrel of a man who stole his birthright. I guess my question is, why does Jacob's story fit the sermon above others about in the Bible about lying? Mm. Well, we're in Genesis, so (laughs) we're limited based upon the people in Genesis. So, uh, you know, we're not studying the entire Bible. We're looking at the dysfunctional relationships within the context of Genesis. And as your senior leader, I chose this story. So (laughs) that's why. So his name also means to grasp at the heel. And so, you know, names have many meanings. Um, So... Um, that that's just the way that it works. And, and, and part of that's just because, you know, names change in meaning, words change meaning over time. And so, um, so it means to grasp at or to deceive. And that's why he's so concerned about his father labeling him a deceiver because he's worried about that. And so, um, you know, when you study names and the meaning of names, you, you got to be careful and not t- throw too much at it. So maybe your name's Jacob and I apologize. It's a great name. I mean, you know, we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I always take um, a great deal of comfort in that in the Bible when you read that he is the God of Jacob, 
because I think he is the most scoundrelous of, you know, the group. And so um, it's just, it's just different. I mean, he was a mess in many, many ways. So Abraham had two wives really. So uh, Sarah, who became Sarah and Hagar, there's a name for a girl. If you're looking for a daughter's name. I like it. Uh, so uh, Isaac only had one. So, and then we have uh, Jacob who it really has four. So he's uh, married to Leah and Rachel and both of their um, servants, their maid servants. And so it's a, it's an awkward relationship. It's a little complicated. Yeah. So, but out of this, you know, foursome relationship or fivesome, I guess, you have the 12 tribes of Israel that come. So, I mean, the beauty of that is God out of our mess can bring the Messiah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty. So, I mean, there's salvation that can come through our mistakes and our disasters and, you know, God is going to do what he's going to do regardless of our stupidity. And mm-hmm. so that doesn't mean we don't face the consequences for that, but um, it does mean that God's will will in fact happen. And there's great comfort in that. So um, absolutely, there are a lot of, you know, different great stories that we could have used about, you know, being uh, deceptive and, and those things and that. But I think that this story uh, is really, really sad because of what it does to the family. We're studying relationships. And I think it really is a great picture of, um, what happens when we lie in the context of family. And so you say it's not that big of a deal. Well, Esau didn't think it wasn't a big deal. I mean, he tried to kill his brother. Ultimately, Jacob has to flee for his life, which he thought, Esau thought it was a big deal. And, um, you know, so um, his mom, uh, Rebecca, loses her husband to death and her sons mm. for the rest of her life. I mean, it's just really, really sad. And so... Um, you know, Jacob's gone for a really, really long time and the family is just an absolute mess. And um, so I think lying uh, impacts and affects the family greatly. That was the point. That was the purpose. You know, and if you're married, uh, if you're dating, listen, it's so much better to be honest. It's just it's just so much better. Um, we, we need not fear the truth. What, what we need to fear is God. And, um, you know, the Bible says love rejoices when the truth wins out. And sometimes, you know, I know some of you, you heard the message and you went home and you had some real conversations and things got ugly and they will be ugly. And you're going to say, well, I should have never told the truth. No, you should have never lied in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, the truth doesn't bury well. You know, you can't, you can't bury the truth. It makes its way up. The truth resurrects itself because it stands forever. And I mean, Jesus is the truth. You can't bury the truth. He came back three days later. So... <laughs> Um, hmm. that's just the reality. So that was pretty, see what I did there. That yeah, was, that was great. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why you're the PMB. Yes. Thank we you. Know. Yeah. So uh, great question. Fair question. Um, you know, be gentle, you know, we're, we're in a series uh, about the book of Genesis. I felt like I was clear about that, but I can be more clear, you know? That's awesome. That's awesome. We got another great follow-up from the weekend's message. Did God have another plan to bless Jacob or was betraying Esau always the plan? Does God sometimes use deception or lies by people as a part of his master plan? Yeah, so so here's a question. Did God cause uh, Jacob and Rebecca to lie? No, absolutely not. That was their sin, their selfishness, their stupidity. We have to go back further uh, in the text to the prophecy. God says the younger will lead the older, the older will serve the younger. So God has spoken, the prophecy is there. So really what this is about is Isaac's stubbornness. Isaac's mm-hmm. unwillingness to select. And you're going to see a pattern of this throughout scripture. So um, uh, think about, I, I want to do a series on Ruth. Uh, man, I've been, I got it. My mind is just going, 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 just about friendships and stuff. But um, the story of Ruth is right. Ruth and Boaz get married. Um, you know, they have a son, Obed. I think it's Obed has Jesse. Jesse has David. Well, mm-hmm. Jesse has all kinds of sons. And David is the youngest. 
and he parades all of his choices for the kingship out. And he doesn't even bring David because God's looking at things differently. And so uh, who is Esau? The hairy, strong man, right? Powerful. I mean, he's very kingly. Think about mm-hmm. it. He's very kingly. And Jacob's not. Um, maybe a little effeminate, you know? And I, I mean, I'm not saying that to be, you know, culturally insensitive. I mean, it says he's a man of the tents. He liked hanging out with women. That's who he was. He wasn't, you know, you're rah, rah, this is my son. You know, he's not the linebacker on the football team. He's taking stats, you know, up, <laughs> up, you know, in the bleachers. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I was that kid, you know? I mean, the only reason I made the football team is because they have a kicker and I can hey. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, you know, I, I think I, um, Isaac did not listen to the prophecy of God. Mm. And um, ultimately, you know, I mean, I don't know this, but I, I think that Isaac could have blessed Esau anyways, and Jacob was still the chosen one. Now, ultimately, the, J- Isaac's sin, and here's the thing, right, that's so amazing is, you know, Isaac is trying to circumvent God's will, and he actually causes it. Wow. And so just that memo to self, you can run from God all you want. So what, what, what's the underlying parable here? God's will is going to happen. So Isaac says, I am not going to anoint the son God has chosen. I'm going to anoint the son I chose. Hmm. What ends up happening? He ultimately ends up causing the very thing that God said would happen. So God can work in spite of our sin. Hmm. Uh, I don't believe that God causes sin, but sometimes God does move through history and he does allow things that make us uncomfortable. Like one of the things that you see in scripture is God sends or allows a lying spirit to inhabit uh, the presence of his prophets. Hmm. I mean, you, you see that throughout uh, First and Second Kings, throughout First and Second Chronicles, the king turns to the prophets and God says, I'm going to send them a spirit of lies. And so they prophesy, they believe that in what they're saying. And I have seen this and, uh, you know, um, you know, I was at a conference last week and I was listening to this guy preach and he said, so perfect, man. He said, the difference between the, the prophetic and the pathetic is very narrow, right? The gap. <laughs> and so you can go from prophetic to pathetic really quickly. And so just know that God, God is going to intervene. His will is going to happen. Um, and he's going to bring about the greater good and ultimately his plan for the glory of God, which is the redemption of mankind, the mm-hmm. salvation of of mankind. That is how God is glorified, is through saving us in spite of us. Mm. And that's what God does. So, um, no, I don't believe that God uh, caused Jacob, Rebekah to sin, nor did he cause uh, Isaac to be stubborn. That was all their sinfulness, just like I have mine, you have yours. But here's the good news. In spite of our stupidity, God is steady. Mm. God's Mm. plan is steady. And um, so Esau, right? chose to marry foreign women, women that were not uh, and weren't dating. So we're going to get into that a little bit today. Uh, Nowadays, we wouldn't say God doesn't care who you date ethnically. He cares who you date religiously. So so that that is what every time you see ethnic prejudice in the Old Testament, it's about faith. So speaking of Ruth, right? Ruth is a Moabite woman. The Bible says the Moabites will not inherit the the God's kingdom. They cannot be a part of God's temple. They are the remnant of those who are related to Sodom and Gomorrah. So like God hates them, right? Well, who is Ruth? She's a Moabite woman, hmm. which that's a whole nother great story. Why, why does uh, Ruth's uh, father-in-law and her husband and un-brother-in-law, why do they leave Israel to avoid God's judgment? What happens when they leave? They all die. Hmm. 
Mm. So oftentimes running from God's will, we run right into it. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that it is. But, mm. you know, so, um, but here, here's what a lot of people miss about the story of Ruth is she converts. Your people will be my people. Mm-hmm. Your God will be my God. She has become a Jewish woman. Uh-huh. She converted. And because she converted, ultimately, right, God brings about David mm-hmm. and then ultimately Jesus from this conversion of a woman whose whole people were going to hell, which yeah. is why I'm here. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was going to hell. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and um, Jesus Christ saved me. So, um, mm. you know, great, great question. Great. Well, so here on The Debrief, as we've been going through our relationship toolkit here at Sandals Church, we are doing questions all about relationships. So we've walked through friendships, we've talk, walked through parenting, we've walked through marriage. Now we're going to talk about dating. And we've gotten tons and tons of questions in from folks about dating, whether it's how to get in, how to start dating, what to do when you are dating and maybe someone changes and all of that. So we're going to dive into that. I've got some really great questions. We actually had a bunch come in like late last night, like super last minute. They were not going to be able to get to, but we will make sure to get some answers out about those because there were some really great questions that came in uh, late last night. But we're going to start off with this one. Uh, this one's actually near and dear to my heart because this girl's story is totally my story for most of my life. Mm. Her, she wrote in as Miss Single Lady. Mm-hmm. Um, she says, I'm in my late 20s and single and haven't been on a date for a few years since my last relationship. Mm. I know many women my age and much older who are consistent followers of Christ and are still single and waiting for a husband. Mm. We've all read books that talk about signing a commitment to date God for a year or been told to pray for what you want in a husband every day for a year and then it will happen. I feel like this is be- pre- being presented as some way we could control God, but I've also been wondering if there's something to this that I'm missing. What are your thoughts and comments surrounding this thinking? Yeah. Uh, Christians are stupid. So it's a good thought. Sorry mm-hmm. to my little listeners out there who don't like that word. I apologize. Pastor Matt should not use that word, but mm. here, here's the bottom line. Jesus is single. Uh, so you can pray for me. I'm trying to come up with a book this year and it's all about sex, dating relationships and sex is not the purpose of life. Yeah. And I, man, I see this all the time. I see women in our church who have great community. They have great church. They're being used by God and all they want is a husband. And then they go and get that guy Mm. and he leads them away from the church. And then guess what? All they want, all they want is to be back serving God at sandals. And, and, And here's, and here's why is the fundamental thing you have to ask yourself as a woman is who do you worship? Do you worship men or a man? We are called to worship Jesus Christ. And so um, you you just have to get that. Happiness is not found in relationships. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul says, I wish all of you were as I am. (laughs) Okay, he's not talking about me. He's you two single people. That's what he's talking about because marriage is a challenge. And here's the reality. I don't get to serve God and do whatever I feel like God wants me to do because I'm married and I have to run it by her. Hmm. And then not only that, but I have three kids who need me. And, 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 And my loyalty is to God, but ultimately it's divided to them and I have to care for them and serve them and, and make sure that they're cared for. And I am not free to serve God in whatever way I want. It's why Jesus Christ wasn't married. I don't care what the history channel says. Okay, they have an agenda. They don't worship Jesus. Hmm. That's why they need him to date because they don't want him here to save the world. Yeah, He wasn't here to date. He wasn't here to get married. He was here to connect us to, to God. That's why he came. That was his purpose. Um, and he tells us that, and you should take, take great comfort in that. Jesus says at the end of his life, I have now fulfilled my purpose. I've, 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 I've finished the task. It is finished. Those are some of his last words, and it didn't include marriage. Hmm. So Jesus wow. says, right, we will not be married nor given in marriage um, in the next life. And, you know, if you 
that's a difficult verse if you grew up Mormon, right? Because Mormons believe you're gonna be married forever and perpetually have babies. Well, not according to Jesus. Jesus says that marriage is something that is uniquely for this life to accomplish a purpose hmm. for us now and here. And we need to not get wrapped up all in this. You're not less of a person because you're single. You're not half of a person. You're not fully Christian because you're single. God calls people to be single. You know, right out my mind, Paul jumps out, Jesus yeah. jumps out, Jeremiah jumps out. Hmm. You know, those guys hmm. are single and they're powerful and they're used of God for the glory of God. And when you look in scripture, one of the things that really derails people is relationships and marriage. Hmm. I mean, when you look at the condemnation that is written about Solomon, your single guy, you know what it says brought him down? It's in, it's in um, specifically in Nehemiah and Ezra. You know what they say? Hmm. It's women. Yeah. Women brought down, I'm looking at Elena Kunkel right now. <laughs> women is. brought down the mighty Solomon. Ouch. The wisest man who ever lived. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got to be really, really careful. And, um, you know, Paul says this about uh, widows in the scripture. Um, encourage younger widows to remarry because their passions will derail them. Hmm. So don't force, like if you're Catholic, don't force singleness on people. We shouldn't do that. That's yeah. where Catholicism is wrong. You can't force people to be single. That's why Catholics have all this bizarro sex, right? In their churches that are going on because mm -hmm. they've repressed sexual desire and said, mm -hmm. it's you know, you can't have that to serve God. Well, that's stupid. Uh, what we've done in Protestant circles is we've elevated marriage to a point that's unhealthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you're single, there must be something a little weird about you, Tim, <laughs> right? Okay, so- yeah. We're wrong on that end. My Catholic brothers and sisters are wrong on their end. They've elevated a celibacy to an unhealthy level. Right. We've elevated marriage to an unhealthy level. And so we've made our churches miserable and our Christians miserable. And so what we need to say is, you know, quit reading these books. Look, I'm trying to write books. Here's here's why books are written. Did you, either of you know? No, tell us, please. Money? To make money. Stephanie knows. Stephanie to make you. money. I kid you not. I want to jump off a cliff every time I talk with my agent uh, love you, Don, if you're listening. But listen, <laughs> the, here's the bottom line. Everything is about will this sell? Mm. It's not about content. It's not about helping people. It's about can we sell this stupid book, right? Um, I mean, Solomon, speaking of wisdom, said thousands of years ago that there's already too many books. Mm. Okay. <laughs> he said that in like, you know, a thousand years before Christ. There's right. just, just too many books, you know, and all the librarians are like, <gasps> You know, well, okay, the Job purpose security. the purpose of books is not always to help people, it's to make money. And mm -hmm. so we just got to know that. And so a lot of this stuff is looking for a different angle. And, um, you know, it's why education is so wacko in America, because you get your PhD by looking at something differently. Hmm. And so that's why we run from the truth, because there can't be truth if we have to constantly figure something new out. And so that's why our educational systems are so bizarrely off base. You know, gender can't be established. We're going to figure something out. Mm. You know, it's just it's just really, really weird and bizarre. Um, so, so just just know this. Um, one of the verses is taken out of context is is that God will give you the desires of your heart. Well, let me put that in context, and you can pull this verse up for them uh, mm. this week on the debrief of the notes because I don't have it offhand. What that means is is when you love God with all of your heart, He will give you the desire of His heart because ultimately the desire of your heart is Him. Mm. That's, That's what he's going to give you. It's That's not good. children. It's not marriage. It's not a raise. It's him. Mm. We were created for him. And our intimacy, that void that's in us, right? That deep, deep void is our need for God. And so let's talk about, right? So the, the name of my book, I, I can't say the name of the book. Someone will steal it. 
but it's 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 awesome. It's gonna be awesome. It's about sex. Can't wait. So the name of the book is right about this intense drive that we have inside of us to to have our sexual needs met. Well, what that really is is a desire for intimacy, um, because who is God? God is one. The Shema. Every Jewish person recites this in the morning. Uh, it's found in Deuteronomy six chapter chapter six verses four through eight. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So the one in that text, the Hebrew one is plural. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is ones. There's only one God, mm-hmm. but he's ones. So what is God? God is intimacy, perfect intimacy. Wow. He is Father, he is Son, and he is Holy Spirit. So Jesus prays, Father, make them one as you and I are one. Why? Because the deepest cry of our heart is to experience intimacy, to be fully known and fully loved. So when we look in Genesis 3, what happens right after the fall? Adam and Eve, who were one, are now ashamed and separate. Mm. Mm. And not only from each other, but from God. And so uh, marriage is to be a picture ultimately of our relationship with God. You have husband, wife, and they are intimate with each other and with God. That's the oneness. So marriage is a picture ultimately of what's going to happen with us, with God forever. So just know that you are your happiness is not wrapped up in a man in dating. As a matter of fact, you're going to be miserable uh, with that. You know, and I've, I've walked Stephanie through this process for, I don't know, how long have we worked together? Three years? Yeah, I think about three or four About years. three years, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, Tim and I just started working together, but you know, I just look at all these single dudes and I'm looking at Stephanie and I'm like, these dudes are idiots, you know, because <laughs> Stephanie's awesome. She's beautiful, smart, funny, um, a great catch. And uh, part of that is just know this men's picker's broken. And part of that's mm. what we're fed. Um, you know, we're fed all these images and all these pictures. And oh my gosh, you know, I was looking on my Instagram search feed the other day and I'm looking at all these women who go to our church and their pictures they're posting. I'm like, this is, what Stuff. is this? This yeah. is stupid. Mm. And, and what you're doing is, you're assuming that the world has it right. You're, you're assuming that the world's got it figured out. I mean, every time I walk by the grocery store aisle, it's like 10 new exciting positions at sex. This will drive her crazy. Really? Really? It, I mean, don't you think we if, if we, if we, if we knew what sex was about, don't you think we'd have figured it out by now? Mm. Do, do, do we need six more things, seven more? Th- I mean, no, at some point we just need to go, the world doesn't know what they're talking about. Maybe God does. And we need to trust God in this process. And just know, um, you know, for if you're a woman out there, and a lot of our listeners are men, right? We've had a, we've had a women's movement that's been, you know, both liberating for women and debilitating to men. Hmm. So it's done two things: it has liberated women, which is great, but we have debilitated men because men can't be men anymore, and so they don't know what to do. They don't know how to live. Uh, suicide rates are, are are literally off the charts. I was actually talking to um, a young man in our church yesterday on the phone, uh, and he and I were talking. He's going through a divorce, and we were talking about what's going on. And he just told me, he said, I was so pressured to be the provider. Mm. So here he had this big rush, right, to get married, have sex. He got married, and he's panicking mm. because of all this pressure because we haven't trained men to carry the weight. So that's one of the things I do with my son. I always bring it back. You will be the provider. You will be the leader. You will be the man. You are the protector. This is why I want you to do these things because yeah. I'm preparing you for the weight that the world, A, says you shouldn't carry, right? Because everything's equal. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, I mean, if I really want to cause a fight in my, my marriage, I'll just say, okay, well, everything's equal. 
So you make the same money as me. You do the same leadership as me. Mm. You know, um, you know, somebody breaks into our house. What's well, equal marriage? Let's flip a coin to see who goes tackles the burglar. <laughs> okay, we have roles, we have responsibilities, and my wife needs me to be the man, which means at times I must be ferocious. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's what the male lion does is he protects his keep, and that's what I'm supposed to do. And so, you know, my wife is loving and nurturing, and and, and obviously there are variances in there. Uh, you know, because there's no perfect stereotype that explains every situation. So just know that as a single woman, focus your attention on God and serving God. And again, we got to do a series on Ruth. So mm-hmm. Ruth lose, loses her husband. No, no, Noemi, her, her mother says, you need to stay here mm-hmm. and marry. So Ruth has a sister-in-law named, I think it's Orpah, mm-hmm. which like sounds like Oprah, but yeah. it's different. The R is from. flipped. Orpah. Orpah actually stays. She's like, I'm going to get married, right? My best chance for survival uh, because racism isn't an American problem. It's a world problem. She's like, I'm a Moabite woman. I'm going to stay here and marry a Moabite man. Ruth is like, I'm converting to Judaism. And listen to what she says. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Nobody reads the next sentences. Basically, it sounds like a wedding for mm-hmm. better or worse, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. And Ruth assumes the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be with you. Wow. She says this, only death will take us apart. And, and, and she follows that, and guess what happens? She meets Boaz. And there's, man, there's, there's a whole beauty there, but trust and follow God. And, you know, uh, I've walked with Stephanie through this process, just saying, keep trusting God, keep trusting God. Guys are idiots. Yes, they are. I, I totally get that. But listen, Amen. ladies, so are you. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's just different, right? Yeah. Um, I think men's stu- male stupidity is more visual. It's easier to see. You know, women's stupidity is a little hidden. So, um Just know that, you know, because a lot of you ladies, so A, guys are scared to death of commitment and leadership. And and B, women have unhealthy expectations of commitment and leadership, Mm. right? They don't, um, you know, they don't feel like they should have to do anything in that process. And it's like, what? Wait a minute. Um, You know, so you have to say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to serve you. And if by chance you bring a man into my life, um, and guess what, ladies? We're the best guys serving Jesus. Not at the bar, not at the gym. Oh my gosh, at the gym today. I'm walking by it's this guy with his shirt off taking a selfie. Who yeah. does that? Yeah. That guy. That guy. <laughs> and every guy and gal on Instagram. I'm just like, what the heck, people? Yeah. Okay, yeah. don't don't marry selfie guy. Mm-mm. Marry <laughs> Jesus guy. The guy that's pursuing and serving Jesus and just try. Trust God in the process. Yeah. Okay. He helped Adam and Eve date. The, the, Eve says, with the Lord's help, I have conceived a man. And she needs him. Yeah. God's like, listen, this is how it works, Adam. You know? Praise him. I mean, listen, yeah. it was his idea. So trust God in that process. That was a really long answer. Yeah. I blame Tim. Yeah. That's good. And definitely like, I would say too, like I've read those, I've read those books too, girls. They're, they put a lot of pressure on you thinking like, oh, it's like this thing that I have to do. God's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. Um, my life is a testament to that. I mean, I mm. met the guy that I'm going to marry when I was 30. Um, and I'm glad that he's here now. And I am I would not change anything about what my life looked like leading up to that. But mm. yeah. But there was some heartache there, there before. There was a lot of heartache there before. Yeah. And mm. I remember years and years many and years meetings being very angry after we talked. Not you, mm-hmm. but at some dudes. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, and it worked out. And so just, yeah, continue to, you know, pursue God, you know, date God, but don't do it with a, oh, I'm going to do this for a year. And then God must then bring me a husband. But, yeah, yeah, and if you're a lady, you know, that's, you know, say under the age of 26. And by the way, guys, your brains are fully developed at 26. 
Amen. Okay, so give it time. And a lot of you ladies are like, well, my guy's not a man yet. Well, he's 18. Give him some time. Okay? Okay, there's a reason we want 18-year-olds in the army. They're not smart. That's why. Well, okay, seriously. You don't want 40-year-olds. They're like, they got guns over there. Run away. (laughs) One of us might die. You send the 18-year-olds because they have no concept of death or wisdom. You Mm. just say, charge. Here we go. Okay? So you got to give them time. And I'm not knocking the military. I was in the military and and, and at that age. But nowadays, I'm like, I ain't ain't jumping that fence. You know? Um, So just you got to give them time. Give, pray for the man of your life that he is following Jesus and he is growing and preparing to be the man that you need. And, you know, um, prepare yourself to be the woman that that guy's going to want. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. good. Okay, because guess what dysfunctional women attract? Dysfunctional men. There's no super healthy guy that's like, you know what I want to marry? You know, a head case. That's not what he wants. So go get, (laughs) start working through your your daddy issues if you have them. A lot of girls do because men are idiots. Work through your heartache and your pain. And, and, and let me just say this, you, you, know who, you know who ultimately suffers for the pain that men cause you? It's the faithful guy that ends up sticking around. That's what I see. Mm-hmm. Women can't punish the guy that hurt them, so they punish the guy that's trying to minister to them and lead them. And mm-hmm. I see it over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, so you got to work through those hurts. You got to invite Jesus into those wounds so you don't torture the guy God brings. Wow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you got to trust that. There's a... Um, Great gal in the Bible, Abigail, who's married to a total idiot, like total idiot, man. I know I said that word twice, but but she is. Yeah. And King David says, hey, I've been protecting your flocks. I've been protecting your herds. My men want to come in. You know, David has like three, you know, hundreds of warriors traveling with him. He's like, look, we haven't taken any of your stuff. We haven't raped any of your women. We haven't destroyed any of your property. We're going to come in and have a party. And Abigail's husband goes, no, you're not. Get out of here. He's an idiot. Mm. You don't tell the visiting army you can't stay. (laughs) Okay? So she goes and throws herself before David and says, don't kill my idiot husband. Don't, you know, don't destroy my my life because of his foolishness. Mm. And uh, man, God strikes her husband dead and she marries David. So she's just like, she doesn't let his stupidity hold her back. She's just like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And that guy's a moron. And some of you guys have dated some stupid guy. Because he's so cute. Mm, so <laughs> so cute. is the devil. The devil's very handsome. The Bible says the devil is the most beautiful angel in heaven. Not a good guy, though. Yeah, no. Not a but good guy. But he was. Guy. See, I love what you said there. Uh, the deepest desire of our hearts right. is for intimacy with God. That's mm-hmm. really good. That, that really spoke to me. Uh, we got another one from Brandon in Michigan. Whoa. I know. It's very cold there. It is. <laughs> uh, he says, I often feel like dating in our culture is impossible, but for me, mm. it feels even harder. I go to a small church with almost no people my age. Whoa. On top of that, the girls I do meet say they follow Jesus, but their actions don't line up with that. Mm. Ouch. Wait a do, minute. I, do I go to a new church to pursue finding a wife or do I just need to tough it out? Yeah, um, I would go to a new church. <laughs> I just would, man. I mean, unless you're going to marry a grandma, uh, I would I would move on. You know, and some guys, you know, okay, that's fine. That's not for me. I mean, literally, where's the best place to meet a girl? At your church where you can Amen. see her serve. You can see her work. You can see who she is. Uh, I got news for you guys. Proverbs 31 is not written for women. Boom. Dun, dun, dun. It's written for a son. Wow. Proverbs 31 is a dad who says, look for this kind of woman. Mm, Drives see. me crazy when women have a Proverbs 31 conference. 
We should have a Problems 31 men's conference. Amen. This is what you look for. Okay, this woman can handle her business. Read it. Yeah. Her children, stand up and call her blessed. Son, don't look for the harlot whose lips drip with honey. Look for this kind of woman. This is what you want. And it says a good wife who can find. So this is what you look for, my son. So Proverbs is written from a dad to his son, right? There's the, there's the, the woman of uh, you know, sexual indulgence. She calls out from the streets. Proverbs 8, but so does wisdom. Mm. Wisdom is also calling. So who, which woman are you going to listen to? So I, I would say, you know, pick a new church. Tell those people, I, I love you, but I want to get married. So I'd go to a church with young people. I, I just would. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's like you're covered in ice up there, like eight months a year. I mean, your prospects are slim. So you got you to gotta go huddle where there's ladies present, man. You know, uh, that's, that's what I would do. And just be yeah. honest with the pastor. Say, I love you guys, but I want to meet a gal. And I think that's a great place to meet somebody is at church serving God. And I love what he said. Listen, women can be hypocrites too, ladies. Mm. It's not just guys who are a joke or have this casual relationship with Christ. Um, you know, trust me, as a, as a married guy for 21 years, you want your spouse to love God Amen. because there are going to be times when he or she does not love you. And you need them to love God so that by His grace, they can love you. Wow. Because my marriage, child rearing, paying bills. Um, so dating is face to face, right? Oh, and that's why you make out so much, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we just yeah. love each other. So marriage is shoulder to shoulder. It's doing work. Yeah. It's, it's life together, paying bills. And that's why people are always, they, they fall out of love so quickly is because they have zero concept of what it takes to actually work at something. And if you're under the age of 25, this is you, you're called a millennial. And you literally think you should graduate from college and be the CEO in five minutes. Right away. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Um, I, I was listening to the CEO of the Ritz Carlton today on a podcast. He started out as a dishwasher yeah. at 14, 14. Yeah. And now he's the president of the Ritz Carlton, which some of you are like, what's that? It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. That's what that is. But he worked hard. He worked yes. really hard. Yeah. And so you want a great marriage? You got to work for it. Hmm. You want... A great dating life, you got to work for it. You got to make it happen and um, lower the level of your attraction. So that's, that's just what I would say is, I say this all the time, when girls get attracted, their IQ drops in half. So I, do you, how many drop. women do you know that can lose 50% of their IQ? None of us. None of us. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Guys have no IQ right. when they're attracted. They're just like, you're sparkly. Yeah. I like you. I don't want to touch the sparkles. <laughs> right. They're just stupid. I'm sorry that I did that voice. Yeah, that's a good voice. But man, I've said stupid so it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. Gosh. Safe place. Lots of grace. We'll just put a little, you know, explicit yes. E on this episode uh, for you. Okay. <laughs> e. So, yeah. That's good. So, you know, what I'm saying is, you. I don't know what I'm saying. What was I saying? I, I uh, lost yeah. myself. It's stupid. Uh, find someone at church that's yeah, serving at church. Yeah, find someone at church that's serving at church. Don't drop the IQ in half. Do, yeah. well, can't do it. And don't just look at a track. Oh, now I remember what I was going to say. I would say that the number one thing that drew me to Tammy was my, my I was attracted to her. Mm. And I, um, I, I thank God every day because you can marry a good looking woman and be in hell. Yeah, I see it all the time, all the time. I'm so blessed by God. And if I wasn't a Christian, I would say lucky. Some of you don't know what blessed means. It means lucky, right? Because God's grace showered upon me. That Tammy just so happens to be a great wife who's faithful to me and loves our children and wants our household to be a great house. Like I, you know, I I didn't have any of those thoughts in my mind. It's like, oh my God, she's hot. You know, that was like my... (laughs) That was, that was my dating compass Amen. right there. And I just was an idiot. And so here's what I would say is, 
And I don't want you to hear me that I'm not attracted to my wife. I'm very attracted to my wife. But what has grown over the years is my appreciation. I just appreciate her and the things she does and who she is. Um, I appreciate the fact that she's faithful. She doesn't cheat on me. Wow. You know, I was praying yeah. with a guy this week whose wife cheated on him. And I'm just like, I just came home and just said, thank you. She said, for what? I go, for not cheating. Mm-hmm. That's good. Thank you. And then I think I actually threatened you, didn't I? You did. Yeah. You said, if you ever do that, I will hunt you down. Yeah. If you cheat on Tyler, I will hunt you down and hurt you. I'm good. I, I I don't do that. that. Yeah, no. no. Don't no, no, do no. that. But I want to be happy. That's no, not the way. That's not. That's yeah. not the way. It doesn't work that way. Um, so anyways, you know, find someone that you appreciate and you respect. And obviously there has to be some attraction there. You know, you have to be drawn to them in that way. Um but, you know, I know gay people at our church who are married to people of the opposite sex, and they have great marriages. Hmm. Their natural inclination is to be drawn to a person of the same sex, and yet they're married to a person of the opposite sex. And, you know, they, they, they make love, they have sex, they have a great life. Yeah. Because they, they love God first, and they trust God first, and God has blessed them um, with intimacy and love in a marriage. And they're raising kids together. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's possible to do this. And so... Um, you know, in our culture, we put a priority on attraction. And in the ancient culture, the number one priority is family. Mm-hmm. Family. Who cared? Who cares, you know, how she looks? Can she have babies, right? And healthy babies and lots of them. The family was first. The family was the economic engine. The family was the social engine. The family was the religious engine. It was everything. Where nowadays, it's all, it's all about our attraction and our feelings. And we wonder why marriages don't make it. Listen, you got to grow up in your faith. And what that means, how do you know if you're growing in your faith? When your faith can override how you feel. Wow. I don't always feel like doing my Bible study. Mm-hmm. My faith overrides how I feel. I don't always feel like being married. My faith overrides how I feel. I don't always feel like tithing. My faith overrides how I feel. Wow. So w- what drives you? And for America and most of the world, it's our feelings. As Christians, what must drive us is our faith. And that's what we see in Ruth. Where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I am going to be with you to the end. And she says this, and if I fail, may God deal with me personally. Boom. Ruth says that. That's huge. If I fail, may God deal with me. Okay? And, And if those of you who want to get married one day, he will deal with you. Hebrews 13 says... God will judge those who have, uh, what is it's 13? God will judge those who do not honor the marriage bed. Wow, yeah. That's what he says. The marriage bed is a very, very sacred thing. It's a very, very uh, important thing. And so we need to prepare for that up front. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hell. Yeah, you are if you don't confess your sins and repent and yeah. give your life to Jesus Christ. That's exactly where you're going. So I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help save you. But in order for that to happen, we have to repent. And repentance is not just, I'm sorry for what I did, but I'm going to not do that again. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what repentance is. Repentance is, God, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to be this guy anymore. Um, and, uh, and and we all need this. Yeah. So yeah. great yeah. questions. Yeah. I love, I love what you're saying about the difference and the shift in thinking. My, my faith is what guides me, not my feelings. Yeah. I know my experience has been so hard to to mm-hmm. rein that in and say I don't get to just do whatever my heart wants. I don't I don't get to pursue a relationship with just whoever my heart is drawn to. Mm-hmm. My faith guides that. And I think that's a big thing that we need. We all need in, mm-hmm. in terms of changing our mind and changing our hearts. So super glad you brought that up. Shifting gears a little bit. This Whoa. is an anonymous question. Ooh, I Andy like Moss. it. I like, I like Andy Moss. this question. She's our, my favorite question asker. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. 
Uh, how could Christians view online dating and dating apps? Mm. I've used them in the past and have met okay people, but I struggle with the concept. I feel that maybe I'm not meeting the right one because I'm trying to take matters into my own hands rather than trusting God. Yeah, so, okay, so the online dating thing is like, I, I'm old, so that wasn't around um, mm -hmm. when I was dating. You're not the, that old. I'm yeah. old enough to not, I mean, that, that did not exist. That's I mean, fair enough. Uh, you know, um, they had the, what are the, the, the ads in the back of the paper? What are those oh, called? Oh, the classifieds? Yeah, but they call them something. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Where'd, yeah. Personal. The personals. Oh, oh. so they had the personals. Yes. Yeah. There's no way in you know what that I would yeah. ever. Yeah. Unless like, you like pina coladas. Yeah. yeah. Singing mm. in the rain. Yeah. It's not singing in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know lyrics. The single well. guy needs to look at the lyrics. Yeah. Maybe he's this not, is why I'm single. The, the personal ad's not about singing in the rain. No, no. Yeah. Getting so, caught, getting caught in the rain. In the is rain, that yeah. what we do with Pina Coladas? Yeah. Okay, yes. okay. So right. we got to look up that song. Um, so um, I love it. It's, that song is in Walter Mitty, one of it my is. favorite movies. I love that movie. I know. Good. Come on. He's single, right? Yeah, yeah. And, crazy. and he's and he's trying to date online, actually. Yes, in that movie. <laughs> yes, huh. boom. Look at that. Walter Tied around. So anyway, I, I think thoughts. it's okay. I, I still think the best way to meet somebody is by getting involved in church, mm -hmm. serving at church, connecting with people at church, because here's the bottom line is, I don't care who their profile says they are, mm -hmm. That what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you know. so I, I'm not against it, but you know, again, it just feels like to me, you're rushing the process a bit. Now, maybe you're widowed or you're older and your prospects are a little more difficult, but here's a whole other thing. So here's where the on da online dating thing happens. So, oh, I met this great guy. Uh, he goes to church at this church, or I go, mm -hmm. okay, now what happens? Because mm -hmm. somebody's got to divorce their spiritual family and it's usually not great. Mm -hmm. yeah. And and so that's what I'm saying. Why, why not be patient and and connect at Sandals Church and you know be, be involved here and, and, and connect here? There's, I mean, guys, we have like, 20,000 people that call Sandals Church their home. If that's not a big enough swimming pool for you, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. I went to a college with like eight women mm -hmm. and I found Tammy, you, you know. You got one. So our church is like 10 times the size of the college I went to. And you guys are like, I can't find anybody. Yeah. Okay, well, open your eyes and maybe take a shower. That's yeah. right. Emphasis on the yeah. second one. Yeah, I take a shower. Yeah. Important. Take yeah. a shower. And again, sometimes it's a matter of like waiting, being patient. Like Tyler had been going to Sandals for like a year, then I literally did not know he existed. Wow. Yeah, and then you so. swooped in. You were like an eagle up on the hill. <laughs> well, and he was like a little yeah. mouse. I want to serve Jesus. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, you yeah. can serve Jesus. I've got an idea. Yeah, but, yeah, but a very graceful marriage. eagle. I feel like Stephanie would be oh, very like you. she would like kind of flutter in. Okay, maybe hawk. Like hover a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> that works. That's more aggressive than an eagle for exactly. sure. Exactly. So. Uh, so okay, I'm not I'm not opposed to it or against it. I just I just think the mm -hmm. give give sandals a chance, give your local mm -hmm. church a chance. You know, get involved with people, get to know them, get in group with them before you date. Totally. Find out what's important to them because again, when you get attracted, you get stupid. That's what happens to all of us. Yeah, to all of us. And so you got to be able to manage your emotions. Otherwise, that's why people keep getting married and they're like, I don't know what happened, and you know. Uh, that literally your your life is thrown to ruin when you, when you don't follow your faith and, and you follow your feelings. I just talked to a guy after church uh, at the 11 o'clock service. He's like, my wife left me. I'm like, dude, I told you that was going to happen a year ago. Mm. We, yeah. I mean, you, you were, your behavior was ridiculous. What did you think she was going to do? Yeah. And he's shocked. Hmm. And I'm like, he's like, can we meet together? I'm like, no, because you don't listen. Wow. Now you're just bummed because she left. Hmm. I told you. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I'm looking at the situation impartially. My emotions aren't wrapped up. I'm looking at this going, bro, 
So, so I, I think it's fine, but you know, serve in ministry, you know, um, and connect with people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a great way. And the more people you know, here's the other thing is the best way to date is someone says, man, I met somebody at church that I think you would really like. So they know you, they know yeah. them, and you got other people that's great. working mm-hmm. for you because those are the best those are the best setups, you know. So I, uh, I went to a wedding a couple months ago where um, they went on a blind date and it was a minister at our church who knew somebody else that was serving. He's like, hey, and literally she asked him, she said, do you know any great guys? He goes, actually, I do. Eight months later, they're married. Mm-hmm. Wow. Boom. But it was somebody at our church, you know, not 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 some uh, algorithm on a computer, but actual people that are yeah. going, I really think you'd be great with this person. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, you know, trust, trust people. Um, I just told you the, the other day, I said, I said, that young lady that just walked by, didn't I? You, you did. Right at you. I, you said, I said, what is wrong you, with you? You, you, oh, pointed, you pointed welcome. right at me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's so good. I love, I love the idea of you're talking about environment. Like the environment you're in mm-hmm. is really important to finding the type of person that you mm-hmm. want to be with. Yeah. yeah. And so we got to be here. And I, I, my experience being in community, getting to know someone in community, having others to speak into that is so healthy and it's such mm-hmm. great accountability. Yes. So yeah. great. It's so nice to have other people vouch that, no, they're not crazy. They're actually pretty cool. Yeah. So. Get out of the strip club. Get in a community group. See, great advice. Stitch it, stitch it on a pillow, put it on a bumper sticker. There we go. Okay, we're gonna shift gears here now to some questions about actually being in a dating relationship. So we had two questions come in on being in a relationship with a non-believer, but in different situations. The first comes from Noah, who has been dating his girlfriend for four years. He gave his life to Jesus about two years into that relationship, but his girlfriend has expressed that she's not interested in doing that right now. The other question comes from Rose, who's dating someone who was a believer when they met. Um, and now he's unsure if he believes in Christ and doesn't really think going to church is necessary. Mm. So they both in their questions mentioned wanting to be patient and loving and, and be an example of someone who's following God, but they also want to live for Christ and have been told that it's really a sin to be in a relationship with a non-believer. Go. Yeah. So um, I'm going to open up a can of ugly here. So just know Noah. Um, so Noah was dating her for two years. Was mm-hmm. dating, Yeah. We're dating her for two years. Then he came to Christ, has shared the gospel with her. And she said like, I believe in God, but I don't think following, like being a Christian is not for me She's right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just say this. I'm opposed to dating for years, right? Because at yeah. some point you want to go, you want to go to go horizontal at some point. That's just going to happen, right? And not when sure. you're, when you're yes. single, horizontal is not holy. Not holy at all. Yeah. So yeah. when, when Keep things vertical, when you're married, point. it's awesome. So I'm just saying that. So, <laughs> you, so don't, don't, th- this is ridiculous. Like my grandparents knew each other for three weeks. Met at a barn dance and we're married like a thousand years. A great place to meet, by right? The way. Yeah. yeah. Can we have some barn dances? So I mean, so so so, ride. so so let me let me say this is is you know I don't I I don't like I mean I counseled Stephanie against this because her engagement was like a thousand years. It was four months. Four months, but I was one like, month ago. But what did I tell you? I was like, I, what I are you doing? And you didn't listen. I tr- we we did the best that we could. We had to fit in premarital in there. And oh, so. right, right. Good. Okay, yeah. So, yeah but, counseling, counseling is important. Yeah. But who was right? I told you. I was you like, were right. should have right. been a little quicker. So yeah. because well, we both agree now. Because when you're in love, when you're in love, I'm not trying to embarrass Stephanie. No. But when you're in she's, love, she's right there. No, I'm you're aware. Gonna, you're going to want to make love. It's hey. right. That's like a normal, natural behavior. So mm-hmm. what you need one. to do is, you know, you need to you need to make sure that you're guiding that. So so no, four years dating. Let me tell you what you know. You know she's not the one. If you're not married after four years. Here's your sign. Move on. Um, And again, so here's the problem. I hear young Christians say all the time, well, we can't afford to get married. You can't afford to not honor God. Wow, that's good. So so again, your God is money. Your God is expectations. And um, I think it's better to figure out, you know, how... 
how to get married, how to do it right. It's why I've tried to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I, I was, you know, Stephanie's wants to get married. They want to do it the right way. And, and what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Can I give you free rent? What can I do to help you guys do this right? That's why community is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, move in with somebody in the church who has an extra bedroom, an extra place for you so that you can make it work. And um, that's why I think community is so important. So what I would say is, Noah, is, is if, if, if this is not where she's going to go, and, and I don't know if you guys are sleeping together or not, if you're not, wow, that's amazing. Four years, um, you know, uh, the, well, yeah, or somebody's gay. So, uh, you know, I, don't, I mean, there's I, that, that's just that's just weird to me. I mean, you're you're the most self controlled person on earth. Very unusual. It'd be very unusual. Yeah, if that um, was the case, it's possible, but yeah, it's very totally. un, it's very unusual. So, um, I no, I I mean, look, look at our church. There's all these women. They're like, oh my gosh, where's the godly guy? And there's you dating someone who doesn't love Jesus. Hmm. So, um. I, I think that when you accept Christ into your life, um, and, and, and I and I got two two gay friends, man, Ed and Tom, they were together for years, and one got saved. So here, the, there's two gay guys having sex, you know, in a relationship. They couldn't get married at the time that you know now you can, then you couldn't. So they were just living together. One got saved at an Easter service, and so he started going to church, and he comes home and he's like, "I don't think we can sleep together anymore," and here's why. Mm. So his friend was at church, and he got saved, and he's like, "Yeah, I agree." So then they worked it out, and ultimately they had decide this is not the path for us. We, we got to go separate ways, yeah. and we got to make this work because now we found something that we love more. And so, if you want your boyfriend or girlfriend to love God the way you do, you have to show them how much you love God, and that means, like, okay, why do you break up with somebody? Usually, it's because you see somebody else that you like. That's why usually you break up. Mm-hmm. Most people don't break up because it's just like, yeah, this isn't working. Most people go, oh. There's other vegetables in the garden. I didn't know that, right? <laughs> vegetables in the garden. Yes. I'm going to tuck that one away. dating 101 with Matt Brown. I'm going to tuck that away yeah. for a later day. I didn't day. know there was asparagus, you know? I love asparagus, you go over there. Oh, it's delicious. Bacon-wrapped yes. asparagus? Bacon-wrapped okay. asparagus. Yeah, anyway, that's, so that's you see good. other vegetables. Yeah, so when, you're, when, you, when you are dating somebody and they're not a Christian and you get saved, you just found, you just didn't find the vegetable. You found the gardener mm. and he's great and he loves you and he cares for you. And, and, and what you need to tell that person is, you are very important in my life. This is the most important thing in my life. And you need to be willing to leave or have you met Jesus. That's good. Mm. Because when Jesus meets people, their lives are never the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if I told you guys I got hit by a bus on my bike this morning <laughs> on the way to church and I don't look any different, would you believe me? Nope. No. Because when you have a collision with something bigger than you, it alters the way you look, behave, and act. Yeah. When you crash into the Son of God, your life will be forever different. You will forever be the same. And so, Noah, the best way you can help her to discover God is for you to introduce her to God by leaving the relationship. Oh. In a loving way, don't be a jerk for Jesus, Mm-mm. okay? Just say, look, man, I've got to pursue this because this is the most important thing in my life. So the other person mm-hmm. who said, "I was, we were both Christians and then we started dating and he's not sure, man, that's your exit sign. Yeah, Get out. Because the last thing you need to do is marry that guy and pop out a bunch of kids Mm-mm. and then he ain't coming to church with you. And before you know it, we're in the lobby and I'm praying with you and you're brokenhearted because you didn't listen to me yeah. when I told you to do this on the debrief. Wow. And I've seen that over and over mm-hmm. and over again. If a guy won't go to you uh, with you uh, to church while you're dating, he probably mm-hmm. ain't coming when you're married, right? Because he's got the prize. If he if he can't if he can't if he can't work for it while you're dating, 
that guy is not going to work for it when you're married. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I work very, very hard at keeping Tammy in love with me, making sure she's cared for me. You know, I, whenever I go to the grocery store, um, I always look at flowers. Um, I almost bought her flowers last night, but yeah, they were all ugly. I didn't like I any of that. them. That's so yeah, bad. I'm not a fan of purple and yellow together. No, no. They were all purple and yellow. I was What's like, that? this is hideous. Like some red roses. Yeah. yeah, it's like, was this for Kobe Bryant? It's for my <laughs> wife. Come on. So, man. <laughs> No, I do. I do love me some purple and gold when it comes to Lakers. I mean, Laker yeah, flowers, right? You know. <laughs> Come on. So, but you know, I, guys, listen. When, when if you're married, make it work. If you're dating, why? Yeah. Move on. You may have to walk away. Move on. Mm-hmm. I here here in our society, people walk away way too quickly from marriages, and they work way too much on dating relationships. Wow. Like we got it completely backwards, yeah. mm-hmm. completely backwards. And just so you know, why do so many marriages fail? Because you're not honest when you're dating. Mm. You're not honest. And these things, remember I said in church this last weekend, your faith matters very little in dating. It is everything in marriage. Absolutely everything. Listen to me, my wife and I, we give 10% of our income back to the local church. So I, you know, name a company. Imagine taking a job somewhere. So where, you know what, Jim, we're going to hire you and you're going to give 10% of your income back to us. Like, that's weird. Nobody would take Mm-mm. that job. No. Nope. That's bizarre. <laughs> so my wife needs to be bought into that. Ten, yeah. Think about it, 10%. So the largest check I write every month is our house payment. The second largest check is the check that we write to the church yeah. every single month. How do you negotiate that when you're married to someone that's like, I'm not even sure God's real? Yeah. Mm. How how do you do that? How do you counsel your children when they don't believe in God? I've seen this over and over and over again. And so much of the heartache um, of the people in our church could have been avoided if they just listened to God. Go back to the story. We don't have to have Esau and Jacob hating each other if Isaac just listens to God. Mm -hmm. Look, Esau, I think you're pretty tough. I mean... I think you should try out for the role of Spartacus because you're awesome, bro. Right? You're 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 my boy. Yeah. And if there's a battle, I want to fight with you. We ain't sending Jacob. Well, it's me and you. But God said, Jacob's the one. Wow. Jacob's the one. And listen, who did Esau marry? Foreign women. Mm. And it says this: it brought bitterness to Rebecca and Isaac. Mm. He wounded their family. He wounded the spiritual family of God because he brought foreign women into his marriage bed. Mm. That's what you're doing. You're sinning against God and your future children if you choose willingly and freely to disobey God. Now, some of you are right now like are crashing your car because you're married to a spouse who doesn't love Jesus. Man, God is gracious. Yeah. And he actually says this, and we can look this text up. It's in mm. Corinthians. It says, God will sanctify your children if you are wed to a non-believer, he will make them holy um, because of his love for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they're saved, but they, they, they're not foreign children, right? They're not bastard kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God becomes their father mm-hmm. and he, he loves over them. And he actually says, if your non-believing spouse is willing, you should stay married. You should mm-hmm. do everything you can to stay married. Why? Because you made a vow. So even, right, uh, Isaac made the wrong wrong vow. He didn't listen to God. He blessed, or no, he excuse me, he blessed the wrong kid. He can't take it back because he said a vow. And as Christians, our word is our bond. So if you, if you said, I do, 
You do. Yeah. If you said until death do we part, you need to do everything possible to make that work. And we live in a culture that does not value longevity. It does not value relationships. And listen to me as a guy who's been married 21 years, I love my wife more today and I love our marriage more today than I have at any point. And I think we talked about this last night. Mm -hmm. My Tammy actually said this. Yeah. She said, she's so grateful we didn't throw it away mm -hmm. because we wanted to. We wanted wow. to, and, yeah. and we didn't, and we made it work, and it was hard, and it was ugly, and it was rough. And uh, there was a point in time where I did not love her, and she did not love me, but we loved God, yeah. and we worked through it. Our faith was our anchor, not our feelings. Feelings change. Faith does not. Um. Right? Faith does not. It's why it's, 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 the, it's the greatest thing. Paul says, right, faith, hope, and love. These three are the greatest. Now, why does faith end? Because we don't need faith when we see God face to face. We don't need to believe anymore. So it fades. We don't need to hope anymore because it's real. Mm -hmm. But what does he say? Love remains wow. forever. Mm -hmm. So the intensity that you desire, the intimacy that you were made for, that will last forever. You will be in a loving relationship with God and with others. Yeah. It will be different, but it'll be better. Wow. It will be better. And, and I mean, you know, somebody's like freaking out, well, we're not going to have sex. The only reason you want to have sex is because God gave you a desire for it. Yeah. So what if God changes your desires and fulfills them? Mm. That's heaven. Hmm. That is heaven. That's, that's what great. heaven's going to be like. And that's why you don't want to miss. And the opposite, what is hell? I think we have all of these, those desires, but they are unmet forever. Hmm. Mm. So you are eternally um, unsatiated, yeah. not fulfilled. Not satisfied forever. Nope. Mm -mm. Don't want that. Right? So, um, you know, pass. which is, Hard you know, Revelation pass. describes hell as the bottomless pit. And so I mm. translate that this, that every day for all eternity, you are further from God than you were the day before. Mm. You fall away from God forever. Mm. It's the bottomless mm -mm. pit. Right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so think about that. So listen, um, you know, the best way you can serve God as a single person is by honoring him in your dating life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, you know, God is not honored by the song that you sing if he's not honored in the dates that you go on. He's not. And so hmm. you, you, you need to know that. Um, God is not honored by the sermon I preach. He's honored by the life that I live. Uh -huh. You know, how do I love my wife? How do I love my children? How do, am I faithful to my wife? How am I faithful to my children? How am I faithful to this church? Um, you know, and you see pastors who aren't faithful. They fall all the time. You know, uh, God has blessed Sandals with a scandal-free 20 years because mm -hmm. I haven't done something stupid. Amen. And so, um, because I believe that the most precious thing I have is my faith. It's the most precious thing I have. And I'm not perfect. Um, I make mistakes, you know, um, but I've, by the grace of God, have not failed in that in that way. And that's one of the reasons for the longevity and why we're going to celebrate 20 years at Sandals Church. So exciting. So uh, listen, single people, um, the most important thing in your life is not dating. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. The most important thing in life is serving God. Um, um, I'm actually so, I'm so passionate about this that I'm thinking about changing up our uh, sermons, our next sermon series. Mm. I got super inspired at Thrive Conference last week. Nice. So yeah, that's I just- awesome. for that. Yeah. That's great. There are other vegetables in the in garden. The garden. Yeah. You said that. Mm. That's good. There That's are. Beautiful. All right. If it's a good garden. Tim's going to bring it home. Oh, <laughs> gosh. 
If you, if you live in Kansas, it's just corn. It might just yeah. be a few <laughs> cabbages, yeah. a few tiny carrots. Yeah. Shout out to my brother in Michigan. Yeah. Oh, man, he's so cold right now. All it's, right. it's warm in California, buddy. We got room for you at Sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Last question from Stacy. I attended Pastor Matt's recent chapel sermon at CBU Uh-oh. about sexual boundaries in dating. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun. My boyfriend and I feel convicted after listening and are wondering how we go about drawing a new Christ-centered line in our dating relationship. Yeah, Stacy, um, here's the problem. So uh, thank you for your honesty and, and just the reality of, you know, the challenge of dating. So part of the problem is God designed our bodies to be sexually aware and awake at, you know, 12, 13, 14. If you're like me, 16, you know, I, I hit puberty because God's hilarious in high school. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, it was horrible, man. What was your growth spurt again? You told me once. Yeah, 10 inches in 10 one inches. year. Yeah, my sophomore year in Incredibly high painful yeah. for Went your knees. five feet to six feet. Well, seven, seven feet now. You're seven, yeah, seven feet tall. Feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's not. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, dude, I, I just did not hit puberty. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so horrible. And they didn't have like skinny jeans and all these custom fit jeans, so I had to wear girl jeans. Ooh. No. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. dude, that it was it was so bad. You had to shop in a different garden. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> like if Stephanie and I would have been friends growing up, literally, oh. she would have been my giant friend, and I would have been her little person friend. <laughs> that's, I, it was it been a sick. It was very PC of you, little person. That's yeah, good. Yeah, it was, dude. It was so bad. So Stacy, this is what I would say is, you know, if everything is about building habits. And so let me say this, this is why it's so important that you manage your sexual, oh, so let's go back. So God designed you to want to have sex at a much earlier age. Modern society pushes that way back. So um, we've, we've pushed adolescence now into your thirties. So guess what, you know, if, if you buy into that, that you're not fully adult until you've graduated from college, you have a career going and all that stuff, you're, you're going to stumble. So what you need to do is put God first and begin to reorient your life so that you can be married and do what you want to do. And there still are options for that. I encourage people all the time, join the military. Hmm. The military is the last institution where literally you can be 18 years old, be married and support a family day one, bam. Wow. You can do it. And and by the way, the military pays more when you get married. I didn't know that. I was single in the military. Ouch. I was looking at my check and my married buddy's check. I'm like, what is up? Because <laughs> he made three times as much money as I did. Wow. Because he had a wife and a kid. Mm. We're doing the same job. I'm like, I got to give me some kids. Hey. So so anyways, so just know that that's a real, real challenge. So so what I would say is, is we need to, so you've gone way beyond. So I, I believe that there is, there's emotional maturity, there's spiritual maturity, and then there's sexual maturity. So here's the problem when you start having sex, is sex catapults you. I don't know if people know what a catapult did. Yeah. Catapults like this little ancient Roman thing yeah. that throws stones, right? So nice. it catapults you way forward to where your relationship isn't. And that's why you get stupid. Oh my gosh, he's so perfect. She's so amazing. We're so incredible. Nope, you're having sex mm. and you're both idiots now mm. because you can't think. Nope. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you start sleeping together and you you throw your relational stone over the emotional commitment that needs to take place and the spiritual commitment that needs to take place. So what you guys do is you're you're living in a place where you're not ready. Oh. So you need to stop having sex. I mean, I would just stop kissing. Like I... I remember when in the last couple of months, you know, Tammy and I, before we got married, I'm like, I need to not look at you. <laughs> like, I need not look at you. Yeah. Because all I want to do is have sex with you. Yeah. Like, that's all I want to do. So, you know, no touching, no, like, like, let's not even talk. You know, I mean, <laughs> let's just let's take a break. Let's take a break. Married, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So, which is why I was telling myself, Stephanie, we, you know, we, our engagement was four months. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> don't do that. So you need to go back and say, okay, we, we have violated each other. That's that according to the Bible, that's what you do when you have mm. sex without commitment. So the purpose of sex is to be in the context of a lifelong committed heterosexual union. Yeah. 
So otherwise, guess what you're doing? When, when you're having sex and you're dating, you're not in a relationship. You know, you're in the dating game. I mean, you're 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 in sales. Mm. So, um, you know, my wife, we're not in sales. She can come out looking haggard. Still, my wife. Mm. Still, my wife. You know, um, we're we're in this together. Uh, now we can talk about haggard and be like, okay, I need you to step up your A game a little bit. Uh, but my wife's great like that. She's yeah. very very beautiful. She's aged amazing, and she's you know she's fit. Hey. So I, I, I'm grateful for that. Um, so you need to go back and you say, okay, we, we, we need to deal with some emotional stuff that we've got in our lives. Why is it that we're so needy and we, 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 we've got to have sex so quickly? And usually what that means is you have no idea how to make real friendship and real relationships. Mm. So, okay, which by the way, red flag, red flag for marriage. If you don't know how to have real relationships and you get married, Stacy, what's going to happen? You're not going to know how to emotionally connect with your husband. You're not going to have spiritual union. And there's going to be a really cute guy and you're good at screwing. So what do you do? Mm. There you go. And that's why relationships get screwed up. Yeah. See, I use the word screwing, screwed up. It's perfect. That was So what you got to do is you got to go back and you got to learn how to actually talk, actually yeah. connect. And that's why all these couples are like, oh my gosh, my husband doesn't meet my needs. It's because you've never gone back and actually talked about things and said, okay, here's some things that are important to me. What's important to you? How do we work together? And fighting is actually really good. What does that look like? How do we work? And you may decide, okay, this isn't for us and you gotta go separate ways. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, now let's talk. And after we've dealt with the emotional, now let's deal with the spiritual. Are we on the same path? Is God leading us in the same direction? Remember Amos 3.3, unless two be agreed upon their direction, how can they walk together? Oh. They can't. So what is our life gonna look like? Are we gonna glorify God? Are we gonna serve God? Is he gonna be the most important thing in our life? Um, and are we gonna work hard to make that happen? Okay, now we set a date, we get married very quickly and we get to make love and it's awesome and get you know right face to face, yeah. then you're shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. So do the work of dating and get shoulder to shoulder and really talk about those things and really appreciate those things. Work through things like family. Um, you know, my wife's family and my family radically different. And you say, oh, it doesn't matter. It matters. It really, really matters. And so, um, you know, my family, we, we would have explosions where, where you fight. You know, my wife didn't suppress it and go your own way. So all of those things, you got you to learn how to handle that together um, and, and deal with that. And um, so Stacy, here, here, I want to say, first of all, thank you for your honesty. Mm -hmm. Praise God, at least this guy's willing. And hopefully you're being honest that you're both convicted. Mm. Sounds like a good guy because mm -hmm. if he wasn't convicted, he's not a Christian. Yeah. If, if, if you're dating somebody who is not convicted about the sex that you're having before marriage, they're not a Christian. The Holy Spirit is not in them. Mm. Not. That's big. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Only God can change a heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Only God can change a heart. Okay? And, um, and, and that's just the reality. So Stacy, I would go back, begin to talk, connect emotionally. And if you think there's still something there, because guess what? There might not be. Sometimes mm. relationships are just about sex. Mm. Like when I got radically uh, saved in college, my friendships were about two things, alcohol, sex, or weed. So when you take all three of those things away, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> what are we going to do? And I'm like, we have nothing in common whatsoever yeah. because there was no relationship. What brought us together was our sin. And once we got rid of our sin, we had nothing. And so don't beat mm -hmm. yourself up. You know, pray that there's going to be a future guy or girl out there that's going to extend grace to you, that's going to be understanding in that way, and it's going to love you in spite of your sin. That's good. Because that's what God does. Mm -hmm. God loves us in spite of our sins. And so um, 
I, I would just encourage that. You know, I mean, I, I married Tammy. She's only been with me. I wish that was my story. Yeah. It's not my story. I screwed up and, and, you know, it did bring a lot of insecurity in her life and in our, mm. in our, our, our married life. It made her very, very uncomfortable. And, uh, but we've worked through it and it's because she's given me grace yeah. uh, for that. And so I'm thankful for her in that. Um, so, you know, maybe God's got a Tammy for you in your life. So just trust that and, and believe in that. Um, so go back emotionally, then begin to talk about spiritually. Where does God have us? Because you can be emotionally healthy with each other and you can be spiritually on the same page then you need to pray about, do we need to move forward in marriage? And I would do that as quickly as possible. Get in a community group of people that are going to help you to make that a reality. Um, you know, um, that, that's what I encourage yeah, that's you. Great. So, that's great. I heard yeah. a great thing once. Uh, it's master, mission, mate. And it really helped me to kind of focus the priority. So do we both love God? Do we both want to follow him? Are our lives moving in a similar trajectory? Okay, now we can consider. Yeah. Might we be the one for each other? Yeah. All right. Because there's a lot of fish in the sea, man. A lot of vegetables in the garden. Billions. (laughs) Seriously. Cabbages, beets. Billions. Right? (laughs) Turnips. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Matt, for the great day. Why are you turning red? I'm not turning red. She's red. You're red now. We're all red. I'm I'm catching from her. It's the lighting? It's the lighting. Managing my conviction right now. I feel good. Oh, a little warm in here. Yeah, you he spoke is. a lot of truth today. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot for me to download. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be thinking about. We're going to talk about your vegetables. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I found uh, my favorite vegetables, so I'm just going to. Yeah. Never thought that after today's episode, I'd want to be a gardener, but yeah. I think yes. I'm going to go out and plant some stuff today. Yeah. Never yeah. thought I'd refer to my fiance as a vegetable. So <laughs> I love the garden. Well, we all, we all experienced something new today, didn't we? We sure did. Glad we got to be in on this together, <laughs> friends. If you want to get some more information about this show, you can find the notes for the show at debrief.show slash 59. You can also share that link with your friends if you want them to check out this episode mm. or maybe the people you're dating that you want them to check out this episode. Debrief.show slash Yeah, I don't know. I just found this podcast the other day. You should, you should check just it out. Just in your spare time, you know, but like, yeah. do it now. Like, just yeah. go listen right now. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Debrief Show. You can look for us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on YouTube. We would love for you to join us on there, be our friends, connect with us. We'll post some uh, cool quotes from the episode and lots of information on there. You can also support Sandals Church and the Debrief by texting Give Debrief to 951-900-4120. That is the best way if you want to specifically support the Debrief is by texting uh, Give Debrief to 951-900-4120. We appreciate those of you who have been giving regularly. We've actually got a lot more people who are starting to oh, give wow. more and more. Thank you. I had some really great. generous. Thank you, Tim, for that contribution. Yeah. Yes, I just I just texted. Uh, you didn't yeah. see me. Good job. I no, that's how we got on the show. Have actually. a new phone. No, uh, we've gotten some really generous gifts in too. So thank you guys so much to those of you who are giving. And we have a very special episode coming next week. So definitely stay tuned. We're going to be teasing some of that out next week. Uh, we had a special guest in a couple weeks ago, and we're going to be running that episode next mm. week. So we're super excited about Sweet. that. And we're not telling them who the special guest is. We can if you want. Up to you. Yeah, I love me some Driscoll. Yeah, Ooh. we got our, our friend Mark Driscoll in the house. Mark he came and visited a little while back. We we snuck him into the studio and uh, we've got mm-hmm. that episode coming out for you next week. So stay tuned. Tell your friends. Awesome. Yeah. What uh, happens when a skinny neck and a thick neck get together? Mm, yeah. Bam. Lots of wisdom. Yeah. Lots of wisdom. I, feel like. I do of... have a super skinny neck though. And his is super thick. Wow. Yeah. To each his own. Yeah. yeah. We've all been gifted in different ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we wrap up the show, Pastor Matt, we want to learn some Christianese. Yes. Mm. Learning Christianese. I think I'm learning Christianese. I really think so. Learning Christianese, I think I'm learning Christianese, I really think so. All right, Pastor Matt, what do Christians mean when they say DTR? Ooh. Ooh. Downtown Riverside? Yes. Is that what we're we're talking about? That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, problem number one right there. DTR, yes. Yeah, that's... 
tweeting before tweeting came out. Yeah, define the relationship. Ooh. That's what it means. Yikes. We need to define the relationship. So, which is usually a relationship killer. Yeah. When you define the relationship. I don't understand what's going on in our relationship. Would yeah. you please describe That's because it? one of you thinks you have one and one is not aware <laughs> yes. that the other thinks you have one. So, no, no, no. You know, it's just, it's, it's just living the vision, getting real. Hey, let's talk about our, you know, I mean, you know, I think you're attractive. Do you think I'm attractive? Can we move forward? I have to say it to her. I can say to you. It'd be weird to yeah. you. It's super weird. It's, it's but you weird either way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it's true. Um, think you're great. Not really interested though. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Ugh. Dude, it happens a lot. Hard to hear. So, um, <laughs> hard hard yeah. to hear no, that. It, well, but at least it provides clarity. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's better to do that up front. But I even think amongst friends, you know, is this, you know, is this a small group relationship? Are we friends? You know, is this a, a, a mentor relationship? Are you discipling me? I, I have to do it all the time because people always put expectations on me. Mm. So I have to define the relationship. Um, you know, people, you know, maybe want to come in for counseling. It's like, you know, they okay, we're not friends, this is a professional, I need you to make an appointment, right? We gotta define it. Or it's a pastoral, I know him, I've shepherded him for a while, you know, so on. Or it's a personal friend, right? Um, and so I'm, I always have to, to be very, very clear about defining the relationship because um, you can confuse people. And so, um, you know, uh, like you're a super nice guy, you, got, you always gotta be really, really careful. Thanks. So, yeah, but that can but, confuse the ladies. Also scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I got into trouble like that all the time. Mm. You know, I'm no, I'm actually just being nice. So, um, that's good. Yeah, hurt a lot of hurt a lot of feelings trying to be sweet. So, mm. um, define the relationship. That's what it stands for. I say the sooner the better. Mm. Mm. All right, that was one more big, little mm. like free piece of advice there. Like mm, you snuck really it in. Good. Yeah. Do yeah. Christians say that, or just do we say that? I feel like it's mostly a Christian thing, but maybe uh, I mean maybe other people do. I feel like other people are just sort of like I don't know. We're just kind of doing this thing. Yeah. It's really, really important to know what we're doing, I feel like, as, as Christians. I think we want to, people out in the world, maybe they don't want to know exactly what, what is this. That's yeah. fine. Well, Ambiguity is yeah. good. Non-Christians don't have purpose. We have purpose. Yeah. So we need to know. Let's define it. Yeah. Bam. Let's talk about it. Are we gardening? <laughs>